I'm Renee. And I'm Greg. And this is yet another Generation B podcast. This week, it might sound a little weird again. Uh, where I record at work, I am actually a radio host. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. Um, we're kind of doing the whole social distance thing. So my dad is on the phone again. We're not in person recording, so he might sound a little off. But I promise we're still going to deliver a great episode. Make sure you head on over to coolhockey.com slash THPN and use the promo code THPN for 20% off and you'll get free shipping in Canada. Again, if you go to coolhockey.com slash THPN and use the promo code THPN, you'll get 20% off your order and you'll get free shipping if you live in Canada. First off, I'd like to mention uh, Travis Roy. Passed away a few days ago. No connection to the Bruins, but uh, you know he was a BU player. I'll never forget first shift, and the kid went to hit a guy. He actually he hit him, pretty good hit, but he kind of bounced off of him and went head first into the boards. And you could tell right away that uh, it was not good, and it, it's just really sad. He was down his entire life, and he just passed away at 45. And you know, it was really a sad, uh, sad deal all the way around. I, I'll never forget they brought his dad out on the ice, and um, God, it was just so sad. Because you knew, you knew the way he was laying there on the ice that it, it was not good. He must have just hit it right, and that was it. Definitely our condolences go out to his family and friends and everyone he's impacted because I see that, you know, he's done a lot for people in his situation that are wheelchair bound for the rest of their lives. And uh, he was an inspiration to a lot of people. Uh, I don't know if you had seen this, Dad, but the Bruins announced their eighth annual Pucks and Pups calendar. I did see that, and it brought back a lot of memories from a couple years ago. Can you explain why it would bring back memories? Yeah, so my dog Tater, she's a little white Jack Russell. Uh, The Bruins on Twitter always hold like a, a contest where you send pictures of your dogs in their Bruins attire, and they'll pick a couple of them to put on the back of the calendar. And my dog was chosen. All the dogs were from, like, Massachusetts and, like, that area. And then you have this dog from Fort Wayne, Indiana on the back. It was pretty neat. I bought way too many copies of it, but it was worth it. Yeah, I still brag to people about that. Oh, I do, too. My dog's famous on a Bruins calendar. I mean, you can't get any more famous than that. As we're recording this, it's November 1st, and for Halloween... The Bruins posted a video on their social media of them dressed up as Sesame Street characters. And I had tears in my eyes from laughing so hard at it. Yeah, that was just that was just too funny. Yeah. And and you know, with two carafts being a goalie, because you know, they have the reputation for being a little different than normal people. Uh, for him to be Oscar in the garage was just perfect. Yeah, well, my uh, my son, Beckham, he is obsessed with Sesame Street. We just went to Philadelphia to Sesame Place, and then the Bruins post this video a week afterward, and he was laughing at it and could not stop smiling. So it's, uh, it's a big hit in my household. Oh, I'm sure it is. But are you allowed to mention Philadelphia on this broadcast? <laughs> yes. Okay. So the reason why they actually uh, dressed up as the Sesame Street characters was because Bergeron has been doing Patrice's Pals. It's where they go to local hospitals for Halloween and like the holiday toy shopping that you see pictures of them doing every year. 
He does that. And obviously this year with the pandemic, you could go to a hospital with a mask on. But I mean, there's still some issues with that. So another way to do it is to do a Zoom call. And they decided to do that with some of the kids from the hospital. um, Just so, you know, you could spread cheer on Halloween. You could get dressed up. And they chose Sesame Street. And Bergeron actually said that he practiced with his younger son, Noah, with his Elmo voice. (laughs) It was so spot on. Like, it, it threw me off a little bit. I'm just glad that they were still able to continue the tradition of, you know, bringing kids cheer on Halloween and not necessarily going to see them this year, but still just being a part of that Zoom call. Those kids are going to remember it forever, which is incredible. I don't know how they're going to do the holiday toy shopping event that they do every year. Maybe they'll do it virtually. I have not heard anything yet, but if they do another Zoom call, I'm hoping someone dresses up as Santa and Mrs. Claus. I also want to add in that all the Bruins charity work that they do blows my mind because I feel like they are constantly doing something which is so special to be able to have that bond with people in the Boston community. Uh, To celebrate Halloween, they actually held a Boys and Girls Club Halloween event. Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner joined the Boston Police Commissioner William Gross in an outdoor Uh, obviously socially distanced during these times event with the kids in the Roxbury community. There were also members of the Boston police hockey team, which I didn't even know existed until this. They participated in the celebration with the boys and girls club of Boston's orchid gardens branch. They decorated pumpkins. There were games. Uh, Street hockey was one of them. And it looked like a lot of fun. I'm glad that the kids in the community were able to spend time with, the Bruins and get to know them a little bit better and maybe even, you know, broaden their horizons and get them into hockey. And Chris Wagner also was in the news again for another charity thing that he did. Uh, He teamed up with Harpoon Brewery to create a new beer of his own called Don't Poke the Bear, very on brand. And a portion of those proceeds from people buying that beer, went to the Corey C. Griffin Foundation. And they were able to raise, with the beer purchases, $49,526, which went to that charity. The charity supports underprivileged youths and those with medical challenges. Big props to the Bruins for, you know, going and doing this charity work, especially during this time. You know, they don't have to do it, but they're going to do it. And that just makes me really happy knowing that they are giving back to the community, even when the community right now is a little hectic because of COVID-19. Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, From top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk, we've got you covered. A team in the playoffs or in the play-in round won the first overall pick. And I wanted to throw my phone clear across this plane. Nope, nope, he will. See, there's your hot take, got it. That's my hot take. (laughs) He will be a Hockey Hall of Famer, if not possibly first ballot Hall of Famer. That was just awful officiating, and... Who who was this this scrub that was officiating? Let me let me look it up real quick. Mark Rasheed, something like that. Oh oh, Recky. I just I just wanted to see him booming it from blue line to blue line, being the lines. That's all I wanted to see. 
very few general managers have those type of players, let alone three players that you can easily say, if I don't trade them, my team will be better. So all I have to do is not make a move. And I get that's a foreign concept for Jim Rutherford, but you just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You don't do that. <laughs> New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And let's go Pens! It was really disappointing to see that Nordstrom signed with the Calgary Flame because, I mean, I really like that guy. He's not Pasternak, but, you know, it just did everything that you requested of him to do and especially, you know, killing penalties and, and in that fourth line player that when you needed a boost, he brought it. He proved in recent years, too, that he's really good at blocking shots. Yeah, he's, he's good at that. And, you know, even even with the evolution of the equipment, you still got to be pretty uh, gutsy to stand in front of a guy taking a slap shot. Yeah, I'm gonna miss. Uh, I'm gonna miss number twenty. No doubt about that. Last Tuesday, the Bruins actually re-signed Carson Kuhlman to a two-year contract, and he said that uh, during the off-season, he wants to build his offensive game, which I think that he has so much room to grow. He's already great. I have no complaints about Carson Kuhlman. No, I'm not. I don't either. I'm glad they signed him. I think he's he's got the potential. I mean, he could be a very good player. But, you know, he's not getting any younger. He needs, to, he needs to do it within the next few years. Yeah, he said uh, his expectations for himself are to go into the camp like he did last year, go in, play his game, and help the team right off the bat. So hopefully uh, that's what we see from him. I, I'm glad, you know, the Bruins got him for two more years. Yeah, especially when, uh, you know, they've, just, they've lost Nordy. Sweeney announced recently that they signed forward Zach Sinitian to a one-year uh, two-way contract. So that'll be good. He's played in a couple games. Yeah, he's played in a couple games. He, he looked good at the start and then kind of tailed off a little bit. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he's got the potential. He hurt his knee. I don't remember if it was the last, last year or the year before. So that kind of set him back a little bit. But he's 23 years old, so, you know, He's one of those guys that are kind of on a bubble. You know, he's either on the verge of becoming a long-term NHL player, a solid player, or, you know, he's going to fade into the minor league, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, he can uh, come on and, um, you know, be a solid at least third-line player. Maybe as time goes by, maybe he'll work his way up to the second line. Yeah, I got high hopes for him. I'm glad uh, he's back, too. And something that's not really Bruin-related, but uh, former Bruin head coach Rick Bonas, he uh, re-upped with the Dallas Stars. Really, that doesn't surprise me. I think Rick's a solid head coach, and, of course, he's coaching one of your uh, favorite players, uh, Tyler Sagan. Yeah, well, the reason I like Tyler Sagan is because he was on the Bruins first. Have you seen any word on when the season's going to start? Because I've been hearing that it's going to be delayed and I've also been hearing that January 1st is going to be the start time. Have you seen a definitive answer on that? The last I've seen was they were talking January 1st, but they're kind of leaving it up in the air. Well, right. Nothing's going to be definite right now. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It, and, you know, here it is November 1st. So, I mean, time's creeping up, no doubt. What are you thinking with uh, Seattle's expansion draft? Who do you think they're going to pick from the Bruins? Oh, man. Or who would you not mind them to pick from the Bruins? I wonder, see, 
there's got to be the Bruins have to put a list out of guys, and it, it would be nice to know if we had that list. Well, so I have basically the guidelines of the teams participating in the expansion draft. So every team is forced to participate except for the Golden Knights because they're still fairly new. They can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. Or they can protect eight skaters, forwards or defensemen, and one goalie. And then it goes on to say all players with no movement clauses at the time of the draft and who declined to waive those clauses must be protected by their teams and will be counted towards their team's applicable protection limits. All first and second year professional players and all unsigned draft choices will be exempt from selection and will not be counted towards protection limits. All NHL teams must meet the following minimum requirements regarding players exposed for selection in the draft. One, one defenseman who is A, under contract in 21-22, and B, played in at least 40 NHL games the prior season or played in at least 70 NHL games with the prior two seasons. Uh, Two, two forwards who are A, under contract in 2021 and 2022, and B, played at least... 40 NHL games the prior season or 70 uh, within the last two. And then three, one goalie who's under contract in 21-22 or will be a restricted free agent at the end of his current contract immediately prior to 21-22. If a team elects to make a restricted free agent goalie available to meet his requirement, that goalie must have received his qualifying offer prior to the submission of the team's protected list. So does that mean... Uh, Halak will be in danger? I don't know. I mean, with the forwards, you have uh, who I'm assuming they're going to protect. Uh, Coyle, Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron. I mean, obviously. Right. Those are those are kind of no-brainers. Right. You you would think. Right. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's... Uh... Everything else is kind of up in the air because you would think that those are the, you know, main ones that'll be saved when does seattle start is it this season that they start no it looks like the uh seattle krakens expansion draft will be in june 2021 okay so they start next yeah there's a lot of things that can happen contract wise between them so right you know it, it's hard to say you know i mean there's obvious guys like you just mentioned that's going to be protected um i'm assuming on defense you know carlo grizzly just signed um, Chara. You know, I don't think we'll have to worry about Chara because I think he'll be retired by then, I would think. Well, people were talking with the Halloween video. He wasn't in it, and people are wondering why, but maybe he just didn't want to do it. I think people look too deeply into things, and they speculate way too much. Like, until you know the reason why someone did or didn't do something, just don't worry about it. Right, that's just like Rask leaving the bubble this past season, I mean, would have just left for no good reason. Right. And uh, it turns out his daughter was okay. However, you don't know that in that situation. So you're going to be home and you're going to go to your family. And that's your main priority over hockey, no matter what. Well, and we don't know exactly what happened to her. I mean. Well, and, and that's 
where his privacy comes into play. He doesn't have to tell anyone anything. She could have had a bee sting and he wanted to be with her. Cool. That's fine. It's your family. Do what you do what you feel like you need to do. I mean, obviously, I was disappointed when it happened because, uh, you know, Tuca, in my mind, is a massive part of the Boston Bruin. I know a lot of Bruin fans feel otherwise, but, you know, everybody's got their own opinion and I'm not, you know, whatever. But uh, I just... I just felt at the time that it had to have been something big for him to leave. I did get the expansion draft information from bostonsportsjournal.com. I just wanted to throw that in there to uh, give them credit on some things. I've seen a few people uh, sharing this on Twitter. It's from the uh, it's causewaycrowd.com. And uh, people are asking the question, is Charlie McAvoy the best defenseman in the NHL? Ooh, in the entire NHL? Uh-huh. I'd say he's the Bruins' best. I think that McAvoy is an excellent defenseman, and I hope he stays with the Bruins for the rest of his career. But the best defenseman in the whole entire NHL? I don't know about that. What do you think? Uh, I, th- I think he's pretty fantastic, and I love that he's on the Bruins, but no, I don't think he's the best. I think that... He'll have, you know, a good season or two, and then maybe someone else will have a good season or two and up what he does. I don't think anyone is considered the best because there's always going to be someone that comes along that's going to be better than you. Well, I don't uh, – I, I would definitely not consider him the best in the NHL. I mean, he he's still young. I mean, people, people forget how young he still is because he started playing with the – Bruins, what, when he was 18 or 19? Yeah, literally right away. Yeah. And, um, you know, he still has more potential that's out there. And I think it's um, I think it's a head game with him. Because sometimes, you know, he, he has a tendency to do some dumb things sometimes. But, you know, that's, there's a lot of veterans that have a tendency to do dumb things. I have no problem with him being on the Boston Bruins. I'm glad he is. I wouldn't want him to be anywhere else as far as I'm. But, uh, you know, with the loss of Tory Krug, it, it's going to be time for him and Grizzly to step up because uh, there's a bit of a void to fill. And, and I think one of those two guys can step up and be the, uh, the quarterback of the number one power play. Which one is going to be, I don't know. But I think one of them guys can do it. It just depends on which one's going to do it. Yeah, I, I've got this article up from uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub. You love listening to them. Oh, yeah. They're talking about Chara and the possibility of him not returning next season, which I didn't know this, but so I knew he's an unrestricted free agent right now, and this is the first time since 2006. Uh, wow. Apparently... He's looking at all of his options for this upcoming season. He's drawn interest for multiple teams, and he's made it known that he wants to be back playing hockey next season. However, uh, the Bruins say that they're waiting for him to initiate talking to them to come back. So That almost makes me feel like the Bruins can take him or leave him. Which, I mean, what, what are your thoughts if, if he pulls a Tory Krug and goes to a completely different team? Well, if the Bruins are not coming forward and, and trying to sign him, you know, that, that's liable to uh, 
make him feel like, well, how bad do they want me? And so if another team, let's say there's a few teams out there that are a solid NHL experienced defenseman away from being a cup winner or at least a cup contender, kind of like kind of like Colorado when they signed uh, Ray Bork. Uh, I, I honestly, I could see, uh, I could see him doing it. I could see Z going. Yeah, I, I can too. Obviously, it 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 would be weird to not see him, and I would hate that he would leave. But that's kind of one of those things where, like, you want that cup, and you're gonna get it. And then you're just going to retire and say, I got that cup. Right. That's why I was so hoping that they could have won the cup a couple of years ago against the Blues. And then, you know, have him retire on top with a cup. That, that It would have been a second cup. That would have been fantastic. But unfortunately, as we know, it did not happen. But it, it just kind of puzzles me. Well, it doesn't really puzzle me because Chara is up there in age. There's no doubt about it. He's 43. Yeah, if the Bruins are saying that they're not going to initiate the contact, like I said, as a player, that would almost make me feel like, okay, they're not really interested. They can take me or they can leave me. So, you know, if he gets a humongous offer from somebody that is a cup contender, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I could see it happening. Yeah, you're going to want to go for it. That's a no-brainer. Hold on a second. What were you going to say, though? What I was going to say was, what if the Bruins have already offered him something and he hasn't come back to the Bruins to talk about it? And so maybe he's looking elsewhere, but the Bruins have already offered him something under the table. Well, that's the Krug deal. They offered Krug something and then took it away when he didn't accept it right away. Right. So, I'm, I mean, who knows? Thanks for chiming in, Mom. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm listening and I'm thinking, well, right. You know, if they're not approaching him, maybe they already have and they're waiting for him to make up his mind on where he's going. But that is their offer and that's it. Do you want to be our third co-host? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, well, what I was going to say was, I, at the beginning, and I should have said that, I said that we have a, a guest this no. weekend. <laughs> Bruce Cassidy said that, and this is an exact quote, he said, if Z ends up in another uniform, then we have to rely on the young guys. I guess that's how I look at it as a coach. You try to separate the personal side of it. You go to bat with these guys every day. It's a privilege to coach them, but then people change. There's trades. There's people that move on, and then you got to worry about the next guy. I don't want to sound impersonal, but that's just the way a coach has to look at it. Like, well, we've got to get the best out of the next guy that's going in the lineup. We'll see how it plays out. No matter what, he's been a legend in a Bruins uniform, and that's a tough one, very difficult one, but we'll see how it goes. Well, that's exactly the way a coach should look at it because the coach, he has nothing to do with who is playing for him. Exactly. He just he, coaches the people that are on the team. <laughs> he coaches the players that are on the ice. And, he, and obviously he has a lot to say in, uh, you know, like training camp, who's who's going to be there tomorrow and who's not. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's exactly the way he has to look at it. Um, you know, he can't get too involved with the emotions of losing a player of Char's status. You know, long-time Bruin, superstar and all that stuff. But, you know, Here's the thing. 
that that I would think that the Bruins might be looking at from their standpoint. With this up, upcoming season, so much up in the air, you know, when's it going to start? How many games? Is, is everything going to be crunched in? How long can a guy, a 43-year-old, last? Because when you look at when you look at the playoff run a, a couple years ago that they had, you could tell Char was not the same Char. He was running out of gas even before he took the puck to the mile. I will say that he was struggling because at times he he just did not look like Daniel Char, which you know I mean it's natural. The, the guy's getting older and he's playing against a bunch of young kids. You know. I mean, there's there's players that are are in the league now that were just being born when Chara started. That's how long this guy's been in the league, and I, I, it's just a natural thing. And the question that the Bruins have to decide is how much money do they want to pay a guy who's in this situation? It, it's got to be a tough call. Yeah, for both sides. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure Chara doesn't want to leave. But you know what? Ray Bork left, so... Bork left, he got what he wanted, and then he retired, so... Yeah, but I still have mixed emotions about that. I know. But we won't get into that. Yeah, but Char already has a championship, right? Yeah, Char already has okay. a cup. Okay. But if somebody's going to offer you X amount of dollars for a year, and you got a chance to win a cup... And then retire. And then retire. Okay, fine. You're you're 43 years old, and what happens if you get hit in that season and your season's over, you can't get a cup, and you're put into early retirement? Yeah, but you still... There's no guarantee. you You still get the money, you still get the contract, and if you're on the team long enough, you're still going to get the ring. I mean, it won't... It won't mean as much, but... And they're not looking at that. They just want that cup. They just want to be part of the team that wins the cup. Right. You you can't look at getting hurt because that could happen anytime, anywhere, and it might not happen. So. Well, hopefully by next week's episode, we'll have a little Chara information because, I mean... Yeah, the season isn't going to start until probably after New Year's, maybe even way after New Year's. But I feel like there's got to be some deadlines coming up. Yeah, I mean, uh, in, in in respect to Chara, I mean, can you imagine if he goes, the Bruins will, will be without Chara and crew who've been longtime staples in the Bruin defense. And, and can you imagine how much they're going to depend on McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo. You know, Carlo looked pretty good a couple of years ago. Last year, and I know it was a crazy last year, especially, especially in the playoffs, Carlo had a lot of bad moments. And, you know, you just, you're just hoping that the Carlo of a couple of years ago will come to the forefront. But, I mean, those guys – Kevin Miller, you know, what's going to happen with Kevin Miller? I I wish he would be able to play an entire season because he's a stud back there, and he's, he's one of your tough guys. But 
he's been so injury prone. You know what? What's his season going to look like? But yeah, Charlie's crew gone. I mean, whoa! You're talking about major, a major difference back on the blue line. Well, like I said, hopefully next week we'll have some answers, and then us and the Bruins can move forward. Well, that's the thing. Either way, if Char's going to stay, fine. If he's going to leave, fine. But you, you just you want to know so you can start making plans for the future. I agree 100%, Dad. Well, you better. <laughs> Thank you again so much for listening to the Generation B podcast. We look forward to recording next week's episode, and hopefully there will be some answers in it. I'm Renee. And I'm Greg. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 